God is here for us. He wants us to reach out to him. He wants us to say, I need help in this situation. And he will absolutely bring us through that. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tried and Truly podcast, where you'll find encouragement, community, and biblical truth from the God that truly never fails. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode three of the Tried and Truly podcast. Lori and I are super excited today because we have a special guest with us who's going to give us some much needed insight on how we can respond to feelings of anxiety in today's crazy environment that we live in. Our guest today is a friend and licensed professional counselor, Jennifer Bell. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on the show today. (laughs) Hi, guys. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Jennifer is one of my dearest friends, and I affectionately refer to her as J-Bell. She has been such an important part of my faith journey. My husband and I, Chad, were newlyweds, and it was a season in our life where we were trying to make sure that we were walking day to day with Jesus, and we had so much to learn during that season. And Jennifer and her husband, Carlos, along with their two kids, came alongside us. And, you know, they have shared now so many highs and lows in life. And I'm forever grateful for her friendship. I refer to her as one of my 2 a.m. friends. So (laughs) one of those friends that you can call no matter what time it is or what situation it is or how much bail money you need, and they will always show up for you. So I could not be more thrilled to share a little bit of my J-Bell with our listeners today. I want to hear about the bail money situation. <laughs> it's never happened. Okay. That was just an example. <laughs> Hypothetical. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go too deep in today's topic of anxiety, Jennifer, I want to have you share with us about your calling to get into counseling. You actually went to school in social work and were working in a career in human resources. And then you got this calling to go back to school and get your master's degree in counseling. You're right. I did go to school for social work, and I worked in the foster care system as a case manager for many years. Um, then as I was raising my children, I moved away from that just because it was so demanding and would take away from that. So I went to work in an office doing, like you said, human resource type things, so far away from social work or anything. And then in 2010, I think it was, Lincoln Christian set up a booth you know, they had their programs. I wasn't even thinking about going back to get my master's, but I kind of went over and talked to the guy as I do and uh, (laughs) all the programs that they had. And there was a counseling program. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. But again, no plans to, I want to pursue a master's degree, but God had other plans. And so I started kind of feeling that tugging on my heart that, you know, maybe this is what I should be doing. So I looked into it the excitement of knowing I could use those skills and the techniques that I would learn in this program and be able to counsel with a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And so that's when I started my program there at Lincoln Christian. I'm not sure that I actually knew that story. Really? Um, So I guess I was asking for myself, but um, I'm glad you shared that. What is interesting to me is just that you responded to that calling, because I know being your friend, you have blessed your friends and your family with your wisdom. And so now your clients have the benefit of, you know, growing not only in their healing, but in their faith through the services you offer them. 
Thank you. Yes, I I really enjoy it. And like I said, to be able to work with my clients and other people and be able to incorporate freely God's word into our sessions is just amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's so cool. And Lori and I are so excited to have you here today, personally, because I think we really want to know a lot of information (laughs) about anxiety and how we can apply that specifically from God's word into our lives. And we knew a while back, we decided that this would be a great topic for us. And then as we talked more about it, we were like, "Mm, talking about anxiety is giving me a little bit of anxiety. So maybe we should have an expert. (laughs) Insert Jennifer Bell. (laughs) Exactly. So we're super glad to have you today. So we can only imagine that people in your field have seen an uptick in anxiety concerns as a result of COVID, social injustice, political unrest in the elections. So can you tell us what other areas in life are common places that you find worry and anxiety a problem? Absolutely. So outside of the ones that you named, anxiety shows up so many places, whether that's at work, friendships, our marriages, relationships in general, uh, social interactions our students, schoolwork, and just even in health. So anxiety can be in any of those situations and it looks different for everybody. So sometimes it's hard to identify, but everyone's looks different. And so I tell people if it's affecting you, even though it may seem small to someone else, that it's a big deal. Well, I love statistics. Part of my day-to-day job is working with data. So I did a little bit of research to find data (laughs) on anxiety. And one of the studies that I found that was just quoted over and over again really resonated with me. And it was a study that was done by the National Science Foundation. And what they found was, on average, a person has between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. So take those thoughts, of those thousands of thoughts, 80% were negative, and 95% were the exact same repetitive thoughts that they had the day before. So we have this tendency, right, to think negatively, Mm -hmm. and then we have the tendency to repeat that over and over and over. And so in the same study, though, they also found that 85% of what we worry about never happens. (laughs) Yeah. And then the 15% that happens, 79% say that they could handle it far better than they expected to handle. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just mind blowing because I do worry. I'm a worrier to think all of those thoughts on repeat. And then the likelihood of that happening is so small. Mm -hmm. I've spent so much time worrying about something that really is manifested in my own mind. Mm -hmm. Or something that's completely out of your control. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Jennifer, can you kind of with that data in mind, can you share with us, you know, why is it so important to address anxiety? And, you know, how can it impact our lives if we let it go unaddressed? Well, I love the study that you pulled up because I often tell people the one voice we hear the most in our head is ourself. Mm. And so the negative thoughts that we're telling ourselves over and over again, they start to become just common. They're consistent and we start to believe them as reality. Mm. Like, so that's our truth because we continue to say that over and over again. So if we're telling ourselves, I'm scared about this because this is going to happen. If I say that enough to myself, then that's what I believe that's going to happen and it's going to end this way. Whether that ever happens or if it happens differently, but in our mind, that's what, you know, we're hearing. So I just tell people 
if that is affecting you, because again, if you're having these thoughts every day and it starts to affect your life, then that's when you need to address it so that you can look at that and find out where that's coming from. Because if you don't, that starts to affect our life in every aspect because we start avoiding places. We start avoiding people and situations because this could happen. And so then we're kind of missing parts of our day because we're so worried about one situation that could or could not even happen that day. Yeah. And I think too, I think it robs joy. I realized there's things in my life that I could have enjoyed so much more had I not sat there and worried about what could have gone wrong. Right. My husband and I, we never took a honeymoon because I was so worried about leaving my oldest child who was six at the time we got married. And you remember this, Michelle. Mm -hmm. So she was 15 and our youngest was seven at the time. We finally decided to take a honeymoon. And my husband had been like begging for years, (laughs) like, can we please go on a trip? But it was really anxiety that I didn't want to leave my children because I had like come up with this entire thing that might happen that kept me from having a honeymoon for years. And I had our whole small group praying when we finally decided Mm -hmm. to go. And it was a trip of a lifetime. (laughs) I'm like, why don't we go on more vacations without the kids? I don't understand. We easily talk ourselves out of doing certain things just because of the negative thoughts that are Mm -hmm. continually going through our heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think with those negative thoughts, for me, I know in the past six months with the pandemic going on, I have felt more anxiety than I usually do. It seems like every time I open my browser or look at the news, it's just bad news screaming at me, you know? And when I take in that bad news, I'm thinking, could this happen to my family? Is this going to happen to my friends? And then we have the remote schooling going on. That created a lot of anxious feelings of, am I doing the right thing? Is my son going to fall behind in school? And then now he he had his first day of hybrid learning. He was so ecstatic today. But of course, we drop him off and there's more worry about how's it going to go, you know? So with all the negative thoughts and feelings that we have, how do you think we as Christians should respond? And I in no means want to play down people that are suffering from like real anxiety disorders that take over their lives. So can you talk about the differentiation that we can make between the everyday worry, and then an anxiety disorder where we need to seek help. Absolutely. So everyday anxiety is something that we all have. And so that might be something, like you said, dropping your son off at school. That might be feeling anxious before we take a test or before we make a big decision. Those feelings are temporary and they will go away. Mm -hmm. So probably after you picked your son up, you felt much better. Yes. Okay, he survived the day. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, But in anxiety disorder, they're intense. It's excessive. It's persistent. Those fears, the worry, um, that anxious feeling is a constant. So again, like I said, that's stopping you. So like, say you had an anxiety disorder and school was part of that for your child you would never have sent him back because mm-hmm. all these things could have happened to him. So there's no way I'm taking that chance and doing that. Right. It's when it starts to affect your daily activities, when we know, okay, there's something more going on. We need to look at this. But being worried about your child going off to school, your 16-year-old you know, driving for the first time alone, those type of things, those fears go away. But it's those excessive, intensive, and persistent ones that we need to take note of. Okay. That's great. So now we need to figure out 
how do we help those day-to-day fears go away faster? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how do we be able to take control of that? Yeah. And I think taking that worry, that thought captive and replacing it with God's word has been really helpful for me. And one of my favorite verses is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And the Apostle Paul tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. So I take a lot of comfort in this verse because Paul is telling us that that peace of God that transcends all understanding is within our reach, which is completely amazing. (laughs) And I think that you can read this verse and kind of breeze over these two words, but Paul throws in the words with thanksgiving. So he says, to even if we're feeling anxious, present our prayers with thanksgiving. And it's almost like you can just read that and miss it, which I've done yeah. many times. But I think in studying this verse, I've come to realize that coming to God with the heart of gratitude, even if you're feeling anxious and worried, shifts my mindset, mm-hmm. I know, to instead of worrying about things that might happen in my day or one thing that's not going right, I can focus on, oh, look at the good things in my life that I can be grateful for. Um, So that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. And if you read on to verse 8 in that same passage, Paul's telling us to think good thoughts, true, noble, pure, lovely, admirable, whatever's excellent and praiseworthy, think those good thoughts, which it's so much easier said (laughs) than done. But I think this is where accountability comes in. You know, it's so easy when we're having those negative thoughts to just kind of fall into that black hole. But who's your friend, right? We talked about the importance of Christian friendships and having that community. Who's your friend that you can call out to? An honest conversation like, look, Michelle, Jennifer, I'm spiraling today. (laughs) I'm going down this black hole of worry. Help me pull out of that. And I think it's really important that you figure out who that person is because it's easy to just have someone jump right back into that dark hole with you and start spiraling Mm -hmm. too. I like to go on the internet sometimes and type in verses about anxiety. And there's so many about anxiety and fear. So Jennifer, as a Christian counselor, where do you draw inspiration and how do you incorporate God's word into your practice and helping others? Well, a lot of what you guys just talked about knowing, okay, I'm feeling anxious about maybe this that's out of my control. God, I need you to help me calm down so that I can, you know, make it through this situation, make it through this test or whatever that is. But using his word and just um, that calmness could be Because for him to say, I can give you that peace and that I'm here for you, you know, that says a lot. And so I think that can help. I've talked to clients about that where it's like, okay, so all these intrusive thoughts are coming in your head. Okay, what we need to do is we need to acknowledge it, taking every thought captive and then look at it. Let's compare it to the word of God. If that's not from God and of God, then we get rid of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but we don't want to just pass over anything, but we want to take it captive so that it's not just sitting there. Okay, that's not from God. So I'm not listening to it. I'm not, you know, and as many times as that comes in, we need to throw it out, you know, so just kind of using that and just letting people know God is here for us. He wants us to reach out to him. He wants us to say, you know, I'm not feeling well, I need help in this situation. And he will absolutely bring us through that. Yeah, I love that. Another thought I want to take captive and totally throw away is this theme I've been hearing this year. Specifically, a lot of people are saying, oh, 2020, get over already. And you're seeing like 
celebrities have like New Year's 2021, Happy New Year. Like they're yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, when is 2021 going to be here? And it's almost like we're wishing away the year. We're wishing away the time that God has given us. And I don't want to wish away my life. Like, so how do we change this attitude of wishing the year away and instead um, replace it with those good, pure, noble thoughts and be grateful? Right. I think just looking at every day being a gift from God, just like before COVID, you know, making sure that we're making time to spend with our families. So that could look different for us this year. Maybe instead of seeing grandparents, you know, in person, we have to see them by Zoom or something like that. But embracing that and just, you know, being present in the moment because we can wish away 2020 and then we don't know what 2021 holds for us. Mm. So I think just really making sure that we're staying present where we are and just really thanking God, you know, and being thankful for what we have, the people that we have around us and Mm. enjoying all the time that we can, you know, every day. Yeah, absolutely. And as Christians, I think we have an opportunity here that we can use this time of uncertainty and worry to really demonstrate our faith. Like we're, we're holding fast in this because we believe in God and we know that he's bigger than all of these worries. And also like so many blessings have actually come out of this. And it's hard unless you sit back, kind of like you were sharing the verse um, there with Paul, unless you sit back and be intentional about saying, where am I going to give gratitude? It's easy to to look over. I know for me, I was feeling nervous about my oldest daughter going to college next year. And so in January, I'm like, oh my goodness, it's, you know, she's going to start her senior year soon and the days are going to fly by. Um, I get to spend every single day with her <laughs> since March. So yeah, clearly yeah. that prayer was answered. Right. Um, not exactly how I thought it was going to be answered, but it was <laughs> answered. Uh, and I know our local pastor had shared several months ago that the number of baptisms you know, have been up since COVID. And I'm sure that's not just our local church. And anything that's pointing to God is a blessing. And if people are needing to cling to something and they either grow deeper in their faith or they find a new relationship with Jesus, then that right there is worth all of this. I agree. Because I think, think of the number of people that are watching uh, church services online mm-hmm. that maybe were nervous about going to yes. church before that and now are able to watch it online without any commitment or, you know, just yeah. kind of like, I'm going to check this out. Yeah. And I think sometimes in our practice, even though we are a Christian counseling office, I get people that come in not just because we're Christians, but they are just looking for, you know, a therapist. And so being able to share some of God's word with them, even though that's not what they were looking for, that's great, you know, Mm -hmm. because they're getting that and they're not resistant to that. And so just sharing God's word with whether that's friends, clients or whatever, you know, makes a big impact. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions that came to my mind is kind of a scary question that I don't know if I even want to know the answer to, but I was wondering what your opinion is on whether anxiety and worrying is a sin or not. Isaiah 59, 12 tells us that our sins separate us from God. And I know personally, my anxiety and my worry in many moments lead me to a place of fear and not closer to God. So it is, in fact, separating me from God. So I'm wondering, is anxiety this common emotion that we feel and it just depends on how we react to it? Or is anxiety actually a sin? I I think it's more our reaction to it. I do not personally see it as a sin. To me, 
the sin is when our actions are separating us from God. Mm -hmm. So being worried about the day-to-day things isn't necessarily a sin until we start doing things depending on ourselves outside of God. Because like I've heard us here talking about, I worry about my kids, I worry about this, but I also hear I'm praying to God to give me peace and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that says to me, even though I'm feeling anxious, I know that God is where I need to go for my help and for peace. But when we start doing things outside of that, I can do this on my own. You're not looking at what God has already promised us and what he said he will give us. Then that's when we can start looking at, okay, so now is this a sinful behavior? But for the most part, I think that anxiety, anxiety um, disorders absolutely are not, you know, sinful. And I think, you know, to add to that, I think there's a stigma in the Christian community sometimes, and even in the world, you know, about anxiety and mental health disorders, where it feels like maybe you should just pray more, maybe you should, you know, have more faith. And so then people are worried about reaching out to pastors or Christian counselors, because they don't want to feel judged, like maybe I'm doing something wrong. But that's absolutely not the case. Because I just feel like if you had a broken leg, I would never just say, well, you know, right, believe more, have more faith in it. (laughs) Right. You know, no, God will, you know, help heal us. I've seen him, you know, help us overcome different, you know, metal, medical things and other situations. So he wants us to reach out to him. Yeah. Just having anxiety or any sort of mental, you know, health issue is not a spiritual failure. I really like that answer a lot because I feel like it gives a lot of hope and encouragement that God is there for us and we can reach out to him. I know for me, I often worry and when I think of my husband, he worries even more. It really takes a toll on him. Uh, and I know Lori, you've already told us <laughs> you're a big warrior. You're right, Michelle. I'm glad Coven and I have something in common. <laughs> <You> but <do. laughs> I am a big warrior. And honestly, I think it's part of my birthright. Um, my grandmother was a big warrior. Growing up, we used to have these deep conversations. And she always used to tell me, please, Lori, don't grow up to be a warrior like me. And now I'm like, wait, My grandmother was worried that I was going to become a worrier, but she didn't want me to worry my life away. And so over the years, the verse Psalms 4610 has really become a life verse for me. And anytime my heart starts to get worked up, I just think of this verse and it says, be still and know that I'm God. And I can almost physically feel a sense of peace wash over me every time I think of that verse. Be still. And know that I am God. Yeah. My sister, who is not a worrier and holds me accountable for my 40th birthday, she super sweet and sassy, but she made me this pillow and she had printed on it. God said, dot, 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 be still and know, not freak out and question everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so Jennifer, clearly I need some help here, but can you give us some key basic steps to help deal with day-to-day anxiety? What I would say is, again, acknowledge it. Where is this coming from? So let's look at it, see where it's coming from, see if we can find the root of that to make some changes there. But also a lot of people with anxiety will jump to worst case scenario. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like you talked about the trip, you Mm -hmm. know, this could happen if I leave on this trip. So we jump to worst case scenario. So just kind of bringing ourselves back like, okay, 
just because I'm leaving doesn't mean, you know, this. And then I think just grounding yourself and just making sure your thoughts are rational. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of comparing them to God's word and just kind of bringing yourself down. Maybe that's taking deep breaths, like, okay, I've been thinking about this for a while, you know, maybe counting slowly, anything that kind of brings you back, because it's kind of hard to freak out at the same time that you're counting or breathing. To kind of, you know, calm yourself down enough, pray and just say, okay, God, I am feeling really anxious about this. Can you help me? You know, can you give me peace for that? Yeah, that's good. I know I had to monitor my inputs, like why we're home on quarantine, like how much of the news am I consuming? Right. How much of Facebook am I scrolling through and replacing that with reading the Bible? So I used to get up early, an hour and a half before work started, and I would watch the news for an hour and a half because I needed to know what was going on, you know, and then I was like, this is becoming too much for me. So I actually spend the first hour reading my Bible, making sure that I'm, you know, consuming God's word first. And then I do watch 30 minutes of the news. So I know what's going on. But it's like, I can't stay away from the news entirely. But I have to know where the right boundary is with that. But I think that goes into also another thing, control what you can control, because there's some things that are just out mm. of our control. So we can control when we're praying, how much we're praying, you know, how much news we're taking in. And if it's COVID related, I can control where I'm going, wearing a mask, washing my hands. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't control what everybody else is doing around me, you know, or anything, but I can control certain things that I do. So Jennifer, what kind of resources are out there that we can utilize to deal with our anxiety and worry? I would say if if they're interested in seeking counseling, it really is no judgment. I would definitely say there are so many Christian counselors. Um, I would suggest that maybe even reaching out to someone in your church. I know sometimes churches do have Christian counselors on hand. Your pastor may even be able to refer you to someone. You know, check with your insurance company because a lot of times this is covered by insurance going to see, you know, a counselor. Mm -hmm. And even now, most insurance are covering 100% teletherapy. So, you know, by Zoom and things like that, they're covering that since um, people can't necessarily always go into the office. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, encourage them because what happens in therapy is you can get to the root of why. You know, because we have the techniques that can calm you down initially. Okay, so I can get past that. But if that's a recurring thought Mm -hmm. or process, come in, let's dig into that. And then, you know, people can find out and then that can help maybe relieve some of that anxiety going forward. And Jennifer has provided us with some great additional resources that we'll be sure to link for everyone in our show notes. A few apps that I know Lori and I have both used to help us are Headspace, which I really like, and also the Calm app, Mm -hmm. which you mentioned you've used, Lori. In addition, the Anxiety and Depression Association of America website is an excellent resource that you, Jennifer, recommended, and it has a lot of great articles, resources, and a search function to help you find a trained professional counselor that can walk alongside your journey of overcoming anxiety. We're reminded in 1 Peter 5 that we serve a God that doesn't want us to be filled with worry. Scripture tells us that he wants us to cast our fears and worries on him because he cares for us. Um, So Jennifer, you've given us so many great tips on how we can throw out our worries when they don't align to God's word and being able to recognize when we need to seek out professional help because our worries begin to affect different aspects of our life. 
Thank you, Jennifer, so much for joining us on today's episode and sharing your wisdom with us. I greatly appreciate you as a friend. And honestly, I just love spending tonight with you. Thank you guys for having me and for putting a spotlight on anxiety and just mental health disorders. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tried and Truly Podcast. Please subscribe and check us out at triedandtrulypodcast.com to connect with us, see our show notes, and much more. See you next time.